Welcome to this Centrum podcast. For more podcasts or to join Centrum programs building creativity in community, visit us at centrum.org. I'm George Marie, the program manager for writing at Centrum. Since 1974, Centrum has presented a vibrant lecture and reading series at the Port Townsend Writers' Conference at Fort Worden State Park in Port Townsend, Washington, the traditional lands and waters for the Coast Salish people. Vital to our mission to strengthen our literary craft and our community, to connect with each other across vast distances and from around the world, we offer this archival collection of recordings, beginning from the inception of the Writers' Conference to today. Please enjoy. Welcome to readings and lectures from the Port Townsend Writers' Conference. This recording features Arthur C.'s reading from the 1998 conference. Learn more about the Port Townsend Writers' Conference and listen to more readings and lectures at centrum.org. Thank you, Sam. It's a pleasure to be here. I'd like to um, read a combination of short and long poems this evening, and uh, some from my latest book, The Redshifting Web, and also some, some new work. In your honor. In your honor, a man presents a sea bass tied to a black lacquered dish by green spun seaweed. Ah, is heard throughout the room. You are unsure what is about to happen. You might look through a telescope at the full bright moon against deep black space, see from the Bay of Dew to the Sea of Nectar, but no, this beauty of naming is a subterfuge. What are the thoughts of hunters driving home on a Sunday afternoon empty-handed? Their conception of honor may coincide with your conception of cruelty. The slant of light as sun declines is a knife separating will and act into infinitely thin and lucid slices. You look at the sea bass's eye clear and luminous. The gills appear to move ever so slightly. The sea bass smells of dream, but this is no dream. Ah, such delicacy is heard throughout the room, and the sea bass suddenly flaps. It bleeds and flaps, bleeds and flaps as the host slices, slice after slice, of glistening sashimi. <clears throat> this next poem is a poem in six sections. It's called Streamers. And uh, there are a couple of terms in the last section. The word enzo in Zen calligraphy, it's the circle. And uh, there's also a term here, pachinko, which if you've been to Japan, you know it's a form of Japanese pinball. And in 
in Tokyo, they're kind of like fantasy zones. They're open day and night with bright lights and a lot of noise. And the pinball machines are set vertically, so they have a really quick drop to them. And uh, <laughs> you have to be very quick. And my brother told me an amazing story. He was living in Japan for a few years, and he said the old generation of pachinko uh, machines, when you press the button, the levers would flip. And there's a new generation where you have absolutely no control. You can press the buttons, but they flip at random. And this new generation of machine is more popular than the one where you exercise a little bit of control. <clears throat> Streamers. As an archaeologist unearths a mask with opercular teeth and abalone eyes, someone throws a broken fan and extension cords into a dumpster. A point of coincidence exists in the mind resembling the tension between a denotation and its stretch of definition, aurora, a luminous phenomenon consisting of streamers or arches of light appearing in the upper atmosphere of a planet's polar regions, caused by the emission of light from atoms excited by electrons accelerated along the planet's magnetic field lines, the mind's magnetic field lines. When the red shimmering in the huge dome of sky stops, a violet flare is already arcing up and across. While a man foraging a dumpster in Cleveland finds some celery and charred fat, hunger, angst, the blue shimmer of emotion, water speeding through a canyon to see only to know to wake finding a lug nut, ticket stub, string, personal card, ink smear, $2.76. A quacoodle wooden dish with a double-headed wolf is missing from a museum collection. And as the director checks to see if it was deaccessioned, a man sitting on a stool under bright lights Shouts, a pachinko ball dropped vertiginously, but struck a chiming ring and ricocheted to the left. We had no sense that a peony was opening, that a thousand white buds of a Kyoto camellia had opened at dusk and had closed at dawn. When the man steps out of the pachinko parlor, he will find himself vertiginously dropping in starless space. When he discovers that his daughter was cooking over smoking oil and shrieked in a fatal asthma attack, he will walk the bright streets in an implosion of grief. His mind will become an imploding star. He will know he is searching among bright gold threads for a black pattern in the weave. Set a string loop into a figure of two diamonds, four diamonds, one diamond. As a woman tightens her hand into a fist and rubs it in a circular motion over her heart, a bewildered man considering the semantics of set decides no through line exists. To sink the head of a nail below the surface, 
to fix as a distinguishing imprint, sign, or appearance, to incite, put on a fine edge by grinding, to adjust, adorn, put in motion, make unyielding, to bend slightly the tooth points of a saw alternately in opposite directions. As the woman using her index finger makes spiral after spiral from her aorta up over her head, see the possibilities for transcendence. You have to die and die in your mind before you can begin to see the empty spaces the configuration of string defines. A restore examines the pieces of a tin chandelier and notices the breaks in the arms are along old solder lines and that cheap epoxy was used. He will have to scrape off the epoxy, scrub some flux, heat up the chandelier and use a proper solder. A pair of rough-legged hawks are circling over a pasture. One hawk cuts off the rabbit's path of retreat while the other swoops with sharp angle and curve of wings. Cirrus, cirrostratus, cirrocumulus, altostratus, altocumulus, stratocumulus, nimbostratus, cumulus, cumulonimbus, stratus, is there no end? Memories stored in the body begin to glow. A woman seals basil in brown bags and hangs them from the ceiling. A dead sturgeon washes the shore. The sun is at the horizon, but another sun is rippling in water. It's not that the angle of reflection equals the angle of incidence, but there's exaltation, pleasure, distress, death, love. The world resembles a cuttlefish changing colors and shimmering. An apprentice archer has stretched the bowstring properly, but does not know he will miss the target because he is not aiming in the hips. He will learn to hit the target without aiming when he has died in his mind. I am not scared of death though I am appalled at how obsession with security yields a pin-pushing, pencil-shaving existence. You can descend to the swimming level of sharks, be a giant kelp growing from the ocean bottom up to the surface life, but the critical moment is to die feeling the infinite stillness of the passions, to revel in the touch of hips, hair, lips, hands, feel the collapse of space in December light. When I know I am no longer trying to know the spectral lines of the earth, I can point to a cuttlefish and say, here it is sepia, already it is deep brown, and exult, here it is deep brown, already it is white. Red koi swim toward us, and black carp are rising out of the depths of the pond. But our sustenance is a laugh, a grief, a walk at night in the snow. Seeing the pure gold of a flickering candle, a moment at dusk when we see that deer have been staring at us, 
we did not see them edge out of the brush. A moment when someone turns on a light and turns a window into a mirror. A moment when a child asks, when will it be tomorrow? To say, a bell cannot be red and violet at the same place and time because of the logical structure of color is true, but is it dot that must enlarge into a zero, a void, enzo, red shimmer, breath, endless beginning, pure body, pure mind. This next poem is, a, is an early poem, and uh, I talked yesterday about translation, and I think as a poet, uh, one of the things I like to do is sort of draw on the Chinese tradition. It becomes a kind of river that's, that's always there. In the Shi Jing, in the uh, Book of Songs, the first collection of poetry in ancient Chinese, the traditional organization, opens with the sound of a bird, which is guan guan, cry the ospreys on the island in the river. And just to show you how sometimes things get transposed, I had this mm, obsession for a number of years of wanting to start a poem with the sound of a bird. And this is called Fove. Caw, 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 caw. To comprehend a crow, you must have a crow's mind. To be the night rain, silver on black leaves, you must live in the shine and wet. Some people drift in their lives, green, gold, plankton, phosphorescent in the sea. Others slash a knife at a yellow window shade, tears open the light. But to live digging deep is to feel the blood in you rages rivers, is to feel love and hatred as fibers of a rope, is to catch the scent of a wolf and turn wild. <clears throat> Mushroom hunting in the Hamas Mountains. Walking in a mountain meadow toward the north slope, I see red-capped ammonitas with white warts and know they signal seps. I see a few colonies of puffballs, red ruchelas with chalk-white stipes, brown gilled, poison pie. In the shade under spruce are two red poured bolites. Slice them in half and the flesh turns blue in seconds. Under fur is a single ammonita with basil cup flaring annulus, white cap. Is it the rocky mountain form of Amanita pantherina? I am aware of danger in naming, in misidentification, in imposing the distinctions of a taxonomic language onto the things themselves. I know I have only a few hours to hunt mushrooms before early afternoon rain. I know it is a mistake to think I am moving and that agarics are still. They are more transient than we acknowledge, more susceptible to full moon, to a single rain, to night air, to a moment of sunshine. 
I know in this meadow my passions are my carousal with nature. I may shout out ecstasies, aches, griefs, and hear them vanish in the white poured silence. This next poem is in six sections, and it's called Six Persimmons. And uh, the inspiration is a famous John or Zen painting um, in China, and probably many of you know it. And the painting itself has six persimmons with a lot of empty space. And the persimmons vary from being almost opaque to translucent to transparent. Um, one of the thing about the one thing about the persimmon is that if you pick it early, it's incredibly astringent and tart and bitter. But if you sort of let it stay on the tree and ripen, it ripens and ripens and becomes incredibly sweet. And one of the things I wanted to do in this poem was create a kind of arc of ripening inside of the poem. There are a, a number of words that are um, native Hawaiian birds, apapane iiwi, they are endangered birds, and the third bird, the o'o'a'a, is extinct. Six persimmons. Cabron rings in his ears as he walks down the corridor to death row. Where is the epicenter of a Los Angeles earthquake? Hypocenter, a fat man. He watches a woman pour honey into a jar crammed with psilocybin mushrooms. A few cells down, a priest intones and oozes black truffles in olive oil. He is about to look at the poems of a murderer, sees a sliced 5,000-year-old silkworm cocoon, X, pinhole, eclipse, the a shadow of mosquito, fern frond, uncoiling in mist. Dot, says a Japanese calligrapher who draws a dot beginning on the floor off the page. He looks at the page, shrugs. There is nothing there, and pictures budding chamisa in a courtyard, yellow yarrow hanging over a bed. In Waimea Canyon, Apapane, Iiwi, X, it's the shapes of ice in an ice floe, a light green glazed lotus-shaped hot water bowl. He opens his eyes and recalls staring into her eyes as she comes. A visual anthropologist dies in a head-on collision and leaves behind an Okinawan bow, whisk, bizen bowl, hammock, New Guinea coffee beans, calligraphic scroll. In motion, there is stillness. Walking along the shifting course of the Powaki River, I ponder the formation of sunspots, how they appear to be floating islands, gigantic magnetic storms on the surface of the sun, and forming cooler regions become darker to the human eye. 
I ponder how he slowed the very sharpening of a pencil, but sped up La Bajada behind a semi in the dark, and when the semi shifted into the right lane, was sandwiched and smashed into an out-of-state pickup driving down the wrong side of the highway. I hold the blued seconds when Einstein crossed, he cursed, slammed on the brakes, the car crunched and flew apart in a noise he could not hear into a pungent white saguaro blossom opening for a single night. Green dragonflies hover over water. In the mind, the axis of absence and presence resembles a lunar eclipse. Hiking a ridge trail in the Barrancas, we notice the translucent wing feathers of a red-tailed hawk circling overhead. Once, inadvertently, I glanced out the bathroom window and noticed yellow yarrow blooming in sunshine. A man does not have to gamble his car away and hitchhike out of Las Vegas for the mind to ripen. Bill Isaacs slices an agaricus lengthwise, points to the yellow base of stipe, says Xanthodermis. Although he has walked up a trail into spruce and fir, mycelium in his hands has spread out. Although asthma may be passed from one to another, one mind may be a sieve, while the other may be crystals growing up a string. It is sun to earth to moon, as mind to shiitake to knife. When one mind passes to another, green dragonflies hover over water. Is the recollecting mind an aviary? Once he pushed through hermetically sealed revolving doors into a humid forest where he sighted a toucan. But where is the o'o'a'a? A pin fits in a pocket, but how do you put a world inside a world? Two twins, ex-marines, stretch Okinawan bows and aim their hips and eyes at the target. The arrows are not yet, not yet released. As death burns a hole into a piece of paper, a fern frond in the Alakai swamp uncoils in mist. He glows when she puts her hand on his chest. The sun spins faster at the equator than at the poles. He lays six blossoming orchid branches on the floor, stares at the shapes of flower vases on shelves in the storeroom. It is as if all the possible shapes of the world were waiting to come into being, as if a new shape was about to come into being when X, a calico cat, scratches at the door. When you stoop to examine a lichen but find alongside barely exposed several gold chanterelles, I bend to earth in my mind, observe striations along a white cap, absence of annulus, dig, unearth a vulva. We go on in the woods and stumble into a cluster of teeth fungi with dark 
upturned scales on their caps. Who notices in the early morning Saturn slip behind a waning gibbous moon? This year, a creation spiral slowly incandesces in my hand. I slip a white elastic band off and loosen your hair, rub my thumb in your palm. I love when wet sunlight splashes your face. Recall grilling shrimp near a corner of the screen porch while rain slants across the field. In the few weeks of a year when blood-red ammonitis push out of the earth, we push into a splendor of yellow plumeria, orange hibiscus, bird of paradise. Pears ripen in a lacquer bowl on the butcher block table. A red shimmer arcs across the northwest sky as a galaxy bends the light of a quasar. Yellow ranunculi unfold in a glass vase while fireflies blink in a corner of the yard. A physicist employs lasers and slows atoms down to approach absolute zero. A calligrapher draws the silk radical twice, then mountain to form the most shady recesses in the hills. As the ink dries, she lights two red candles in the bedroom, notices near the curtains, tarot in the huge tin tub, and spots a curling leaf. He hears the gasp when he first unzipped her jeans, knows the small O is a lotus seed, slowly germinating in his mind. But the brevity of equation makes him quiver and ache, when they turn to each other in a wet kiss, their fingertips glow in the skin of their days. This next poem is a, a poem by the great Tang Dynasty poet Wang Wei who wrote very compressed poems, oftentimes just 20 characters. Um, this is from the Wang River sequence, and it's kind of a pivotal point in that long poem. It seems very, very simple, and I probably could talk for hours about it, and I don't think I'll do that this evening. Here it is in Chinese, and here's a short translation. Bamboo Grove, Zhu Li Guan, I sit alone in the secluded bamboo grove and play the zither and whistle along. In the deep forest, no one knows. The bright moon comes to shine on me. And this second poem uh, from classical Chinese is by the great poet Du Fu. Uh, he experienced exile from his family during the Anushan Revolt, Rebellion, almost a, really a civil war in China. And he wrote this poem after being separated for his, 
from his family for several years and finally coming back to the village and being reunited with them. There's um, one Chinese character I decided to leave in the original. It's the character Li, which is a measure of distance. It's uh, like a mile, but it, it's really a third of a Western mile. Zhang Cun Du Fu. Jin Rong Chi Yun Shi. Er Zhao Sha Ping Di. Chai Men Niao Chao Zhao. Gui Ke Chen Li Zhi. Jin Yu Guai Wo Zai. Jing Ding Huan Chi Lei. Shi Luan Zhao Piao Dang. Shen Huan Oran Sui, Lin Rin Man Chang Tou, Gan Tan Ye Shi Shu, Ye Lan Gung Bing Ju, Shang Dui Ru Meng Mei. Return to Zhang Village. Shaggy red clouds in the west. The sun's foot is down to level earth. By the wicker gate, sparrows are chirping. The traveler returns from over a thousand li. Wife and children panic at my presence. Quieted, they still wipe tears. In this age of turmoil, I floated and meandered, a miracle of chance to return alive. Neighbors crowd the fence tops and also sigh and sob. In the deep night, we are again holding candles, facing each other as in a dream. I'd like to read a few um, new poems, a uh, couple of short ones, and, and end with one new sequence. This first short poem is called Before Sunrise, and it it's organized around the principle of the Chinese language, which I mentioned uh, yesterday, does not have 26 letters of the Western alphabet. And instead, the Chinese language has 214 radicals or root elements to the language. And most dictionaries, um, for instance, organize the radicals from the most simple to the more complex. So for instance, radical one is just the line E, it's just the number one. But when you get to like radical 212, it's the character dragon, for instance, which takes a lot of strokes to write. Before sunrise. The myriad unfolds from a progression of strokes. One, ice, corpse, hair, jade, tiger. Unlocking a gate along a barbed wire fence, I notice beer cans and branches in the acacia. There are no white pear blossoms by the gate, no red poppies blooming in the yard, no Lepiota nocina clustered by the walk, but bean, gold. There's the intricacy of a moment when wind, three-legged incense cauldron, I begin to walk through a field with cow pies toward the Powaki River, sense deer, yellow, rat. I step through water, go up the arroyo, find a dark green magpie feather. This is a time when blood in my piss, ache in nose and teeth. I sense tortoise, flute, where there is no sound. 
wake to human bones carved and strung into a loose apron. Lobed bowl with black glaze and white scalloped rim. Turning from the obituary page, he, he hears the screw tighten, recalls a dead sparrow on a greenhouse floor. The mind can be dipped in a vat when you slice an eggplant, sharpen a pencil, shave. He woke slowly as light sank through the skylight, brightening the bedroom. He recalls running his tongue from her breast to her armpit as she shivered and ached with pleasure. An elder holds an eagle feather, wafts cedar smoke, taps a woman on her shoulders. He wants a mind as pure as a ten-lobed bowl with black glaze and white scalloped rim. A broad-tailed hummingbird whirs in the air, and in a dewdrop on a mimosa leaf is the day's angular momentum. I'm going to read one last poem. It's a sequence of uh, poems in seven sections, and it's called Earthshine. And the title has a specific meaning in astronomy. It's actually um, sunlight reflected off the Earth that mm, shines on the moon. And in the very last section, there's a term from astronomy, the word terminator. Uh, it's not like the movies. It's the phrase for the dividing line between the illuminated and the unilluminated part of the moon when there's that curve of light. Earthshine. Fuck you. Fuck you, he repeated as he drove down the dirt road while tamarisk branches scraped the side of the pickup. What scrapes in the mind as it dilates to darkness? Hodito, he winced and turned up the whites of his eyes. What comes from darkness, I strike with darkness. Who hears a night-blooming cirrus unfold a white blossom by the window sill? Crackle of flames in the fireplace. Lapping of waves against rocks as a manta ray flips and feeds on plankton. The gasp when he glanced down at the obituaries. The gasp when she unwrapped flecked rice paper to find a letterpress broadside. Spurt of match into gold as he lights white beeswax candles. She is running her hair between his toes. He is rubbing her nipples with his palms. What comes from brightness I strike with brightness. His ankles creaked as he tiptoed to the bathroom, waking to a cat chewing on a mouse in the dark. <laughs> Walking up a trail in the Manoa Valley Arboretum, he
He motions with his hand to stop as he tries to distinguish whether a red whiskered or red vented bobo has just landed on a branch. I spot a macadamia nut on the ground, look up into an adjacent tree, and am shocked to see two enormous jackfruit suspended from the trunk. Revelation never comes as a fern uncoiling a frond in mist. It comes when I trip on a root, slap a mosquito on my arm. We go on but stop again when gnats lift into a cloud as we stumble into a bunch of rose apples rotting on the ground. Although we go on to a dead end where water runs down a sheer rock, the mind stops here. Here, Ammonita muscarias release a cloud of spores into cool August air. Here, lovers make earth shine on a waxing crescent moon. Here, the phone rings and I learn of a suicide. A pinhole grows into an eclipse. Here I hear water drip as I walk into a sloping black lava tube. Say teeth. Say gnawed his teeth in his sleep. Say each spring he scraped peeling blue paint off the windowsill. Say the ocean flickers. Say a squiggly chalk line screeching down a blackboard opens a black rift. Say on a float house, yellow cedar smoke rises in the wood stove. Say burn. Say crumpled white papers ripple, then burst into yellow twists of flame. Say parallel lines touch in the infinite. Say peel. Say stoplight screech, go green laugh. Say screech, rip, slam, thud, body scrapes, bleeds to bone. Say hyena, say bobcat stripped of skin. Say a black cricket chirps in a corner of the room. Say hang, say ox shoulder hangs off hook. Say trimming roses, she slashed her left wrist. Say shit smear hair sway leaf gold ooze. Say crack. Say breaking a wine glass in a white napkin recovers a sliver of original life. Say egg white eyeball splash, say rinse, say bend to earth, find a single stalk budding gold. He hanged himself with his belt and the bosque is no longer a whip that reddens and flays the skin. Donkey piss, he once cracked, but who knows how the light sizzled and burned a hole that gnawed and gnawed so that the more he twisted, the more he convulsed into a black pitch. Orange daylilies are blooming along the driveway. Long-stalked delphinium are bending to earth. A firework explodes in white gold and bursts into a green shimmer. He leaves teeth marks on her neck she groans and shows the whites of her eyes. When a car rushes by on a wet road, he hears a laborer throw sand against the tilted screen and realizes 23 years ago he threw sand against the tilted screen. Now when he strokes the tendons of her left wrist, she sighs. They are now 
nowhere, everywhere, none such. They are not look-back time, but full moon, first light. She said, he said, moon in his sleep. When he looked through the pot-bellied telescope, the light of the full moon made him wince. He had to look into darkness and then saw from mare cognitum to mare serenitatis. The mind aches to see at such distance such definition. When she heard the barking dog, she shined a flashlight and spotted a porcupine on the roof as you would spotlight a deer. A snake slides under the redwood boardwalk by the kitchen. He kisses her shoulders, rubs the soles of her feet. The mind aligns such slivers. Say dragonfly, quartz, cattail, tuning fork, wave. Say earth star bursting into alpine air. Say sea squared. Say even the sacred barley drink separates if it is not stirred. And see how stirred one can find repose. Sipping mint tea in the ebbing heat of the day, I recollect how we stumbled onto a raccoon squashed between boards leaning against a fence, saw tadpoles wriggling at the edge of a pond. On the living room table, 36 peonies in a vase dry and become crepe paper light to touch. Yesterday, you watered blue chamisa along the county road while I watered desert grass under the willow. I recollect I opened a brown, humid box and, stunned, lifting a handful of morels, inhaled the black aroma of earth. What is it we give each other, gold, sharks thin, other than a renewed sense of the miraculous? Nanao saw a blip on the radar screen. Later, when he saw the flash, he thought Mount Fuji had erupted in a burst of light. Sipping mint tea on the longest day of the year, I sense how the balance of a life sways and a petal may tip it. A steady evening with a first quarter moon, numerous craters along the terminator are razor sharp. I see the ghostly bluish glow of earth shine and feel how the moon has no permanent dark side. A horse neighs by the barbed wire fence. We trudge into a wet field, carrying from under the portal a bee's nest in a basket. Place it in a nook of a silver poplar. Will any bees hatch in spring? I notice thorns on the bare branches of Russian olives. You spot coyote scat before the V-shaped gate. We walk to where the Pewaukee and Nambe flow together. I am amazed at how we blossom into each other. I hear the occasional drone of cars on Highway 285. Hear how the living expire into smoke and the dead inflame the minds of the living. When I exhale against a cold window, I see the ever-shifting line along the terminator. 
and as the shadow cast by the rim of Theophilus slips across the crater's floor, I feel light surge into a honeycomb gold. It all goes and comes at once. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Centrum podcast. The program manager for writing at Centrum is George Marie. Centrum's executive director is Robert Berman. Centrum podcasts are produced by Taven Dotson, Owen Rowe, and Holly Miller. Our executive producer is Joe Gillard. With gratitude and respect, we acknowledge that we broadcast from the traditional lands of the Coast Salish peoples, from the place known by the Sklalem people as Katai, and today called Port Townsend, Washington. Centrum programs are based at Fort Warden State Park in Port Townsend. Centrum was founded in 1973 to foster creative arts experiences that change lives and is dedicated to building a world of greater inclusion through the arts. Other Centrum podcasts include music from the Centrum archives, artists in residence, and interviews with teaching artists. To subscribe to any of our podcasts or to support or participate in Centrum programs, visit our website at centrum.org. Thank you for listening. This podcast is copyright 2020 Centrum Foundation.